Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast, friends. We're so glad to be with you today. We are Travis and Stephanie Armstrong. We are actually coming to you from our son Carter's bedroom. (laughs) We're doing the most 2020 um, typical day. We are home with distance learning kids, and we have a band player in the laundry room. We've got a two-year-old napping on the top level and two boys being content with a movie while we record in our son's bedroom. So if that sounds like your day, then you're in the right place. But this morning, or this afternoon, I should say, we want to welcome um, two great guests that we're really excited to chat with, Jim and Christine Erickson. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you tell our listeners um, just a a quick little bio here, who you are, maybe tell us your job at Grace, because you both work there. And then just a little bit about your family, and then we'll get going. Sounds great. So, yeah, this is Jim. Um, I'm the – my title changes a lot, which is a fun thing here. So I I oversee um, adult ministries, so that's men's, women's, family ministries, and then provide support for our Chaska campus and a few other things. And I've been here now almost – it's like six and a half years, so it's time to add up. Yes, it is. And um, she and I have been married now for – 23 years. I had to look at her to make sure that was right. Um, And we have four kiddos, um, a son and three girls. And that would be, I think it's 20, 19, 16, and 12. Wow. He he was pretty close. Yeah. He's 20, 18, 16, and 12. The detail. The detail person has spoken. (laughs) I love it. Well, we're really glad to have you. Thanks for being with us. Christine, what do you do at Grace? Oh, yeah. So I am the director of our Children at Risk Ministry. So I've been here just over seven years now, and I have the privilege of just coming alongside and helping families who want to temporarily care for kids through hosting or doing foster care or adoption. And we do a lot of different outreaches with single moms human trafficking. And yeah, so I'm just excited to have an opportunity to um, serve in this way and, and to, um, yeah, use the passion in, that God's give, given me in these areas. So we're really blessed to, to have a church that um, lets us do that. Awesome. That is great. Yeah, I have uh, really enjoyed working with both you guys. Um, obviously, I've had your kiddos through student ministries with my former life at Grace as the junior high pastor, uh, working with that wonderful group of uh, what I usually refer to as pre-people. They're almost people. Uh, they're, they're, they're getting there. But um, had a great time getting to know all your kids. Even Kayla like came up to me the other day. She's like, I can still remember like how you presented the gospel with CPR, created for God, poisoned by sin, and resurrected with Jesus. So I'm glad some things are sticking with your kiddos. Uh, but grateful yeah. to be able to talk with you guys today about the family. You know, moving from junior high to family ministries and thinking more holistically with not just a specific age group in mind, but thinking about the family in its entirety has been a wonderful, I I guess, challenge uh, for me. But it's also wonderful in getting to know families 
Um, and so getting to know you guys over the years has been awesome and watching your kiddos grow up. But I think, too, I think you guys bring a lot of wisdom to the table when we think about uh, the family, especially in light of our series, our current series that we started a few weeks back, entitled Ways the Enemy Attacks the Family. And we've looked at distraction. Uh, we've looked at deception. And today we're going to have you guys unpack for us this topic around division. So the enemy comes to divide. And so we're just going to jump right in with you guys. Appreciate you uh, being able to join us today for this interview, of which I pray would be a blessing to so many of our listeners. So here's the first question in regards to division. Yep. What are some spiritual blessings that unity brings to a family? That's a great question, and I'm sure, I'm sure we come up with a lot of answers. The first couple things that came to my mind was very obvious, but peace. Mm -hmm. Um, we all love peace especially when our kids are young and even as they get older sometimes you feel like it's just chaos or or conflict or division and can we just i think it's one of those can we just get along kind of thing so (laughs) peace is a great one and then kind of the cousin of that if you will Mm -hmm. uh is harmony and i really like the concept of harmony because not, if you're going to sing in a harmony with music, well, then people are actually singing in different keys, but it all blends together and it enhances what's going on. So I think with the peace and God's blessing, then you can experience harmony as a family, allowing everyone to be who they are by personality and gifting. But then that all melds together and makes a beautiful song instead of a, a horrible song. It's <laughs> a good analogy. It is. Uh, yeah, and I would just add a little bit to that. I think when we're, you know, talking about the concept of peace, that that is a, you know, a deep abiding peace, that a peace that comes from God. It's also a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. It's different than, you know, just kind of the um, in in the worldly sense, peace is tied to our circumstances. Mm-hmm. But in this context, I think peace is tied to. Christ mm-hmm. and it's tied to, you know, a long lasting peace. So I think that that is definitely a blessing. But I also was looking at Psalm 133, where it said how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Yes. So I think there's joy and there's life that comes from unity where you actually enjoy being together. Yeah. Um, another blessing is that I that I see in scripture is just God's presence and his protection as well. There's um, a verse in 2 Corinthians 13 that says, Strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace. And then the promise follows and it says, And the God of love and peace will be with you. So I I just love that, that God's presence, his love, his peace is with us in that place. Mm. in that place of unity plus we reflect christ right because you know when when we're in unity that's a picture also of the trinity and i think wow what what a blessing and an opportunity that we have in a world of such division Mm -hmm. to reflect christ through our unity that will speak way more you know volumes than our actions but how we live together i think is huge Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, you're, you're right, we can um, desire unity, we can talk about unity, we can even try to command unity out of our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, But true unity, 
will come from the gospel at work in us, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's part, it becomes part yeah. of the kind of culture, so to speak, in our home. And it is a work of God in us and through us. Um, but it also is a, a revealer. I think whether there's unity or not can also reveal maybe where we've gone astray. Um, so I think that's an important mm-hmm. distinction that, you know, as much as we want unity, right. Unity comes when the right things are in the right order. Right. And when God is at work. Yeah. When Christ is at the center. And I think that's a wonderful thing about um, here at Christmas. We celebrate, obviously, the birth of of our king in Isaiah 9. It says one of the names given to him is Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. So he brings peace into our lives because before there was Christ in our lives, there was warfare. Warfare with God because we're at odds with him as well as warfare in our own lives with our personal relationships. And so he brings peace into our lives through the gospel, and that allows not only peace with God, but peace with each other. Mm-hmm. So we can attain unity and be singing a wonderful song together in our homes. Yeah. But for sure, there's occasions where there's disharmony in our homes, especially when you, you get married and introduce kids. There's all sorts of disharmony. <laughs> it happens, right? So it definitely does. Thank you for sharing, you know, some different blessings that that come from unity within our homes. Um but let's also look because we know that we have said on this podcast before, we live in a, a real family. The Armstrongs are a real family. And so there are real problems in our real family. <laughs> I'm going to guess that uh, your real family might have some problems here or there as well. Um, but what does it look like on the opposite side of unity when division kind of creeps in and negatively impacts our own families? And so we've asked you guys if you would be willing to share maybe an example from your your home, um, and then maybe look at a story in scripture where we can kind of see this playing out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. We're a very, if you're a real family, we're a very real family. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, you know, now that our kids are a little bit older, it's easier for us in some ways to, to reflect and say, okay, what, how would we do things differently or what did we learn along the way? Hmm. And I think one thing that we that, – well, obviously, if you want to see, you know, disunity, just go on a road trip with your whole family <laughs> for 10, 12 hours. And whatever needs to come out in terms of our sin, it will probably reveal itself. True. Um, so, you know, I think one of the things that I've learned in terms of – how it negatively impacts a family is if there is a conflict or hurt feelings or, or whatever it is, a child is shut down because they, they want to avoid a conflict or, or, or whatever it might be, that then kind of just is in the air and it affects kind of how everyone is getting along or not getting along. And in our case, by personality, I, I don't really shy away from conflict. I'm, I'm rather bold, sometimes brash. Christine more shies mm-hmm. away from conflict. And so then we bring that, our own culture into the marriage, mm-hmm. and then our kids see that for good and for bad. And so mm-hmm. one of the things where I think we are working to do better and could have done better would be to really draw out our kids when we see that there's disunity between them or with us and getting them to learn how to deal with that proactively and effectively mm-hmm. rather than becoming more, you know, rather than picking up their mom and dad's bad habits, they can de- design, develop their own good yeah. habits. That's really good. That is very good. Yeah, yeah our kids pick I up thought a lot. you have an example. 
you had an example to share, I think. I, I'll let him share this example because he actually brought it up uh, with our with our two older well, kids. One of the challenges that kind of relates to that idea of harmony is each of our kids have their own bent and their own personality. And so our oldest, our boy, believe it or not, is pretty um, compliant as a young one. And our second child, Alyssa, if you looked up strong-willed child, she's the poster girl. And it took us a while to figure that out. And one day they were getting in a fight. James was pretty pretty clear then that he wanted to go into the Navy. And at the time, Alyssa was either wanting to be a teacher or maybe going to missions. And they get into this huge fight um, where Alyssa basically just says that James just wants to kill people. And how is that a good thing? And, yeah, and how, how is that the Christian thing to do? Because here she wants to save people, and he's out, you know, and you just saw their total opposites coming out. And yeah. Oh, I love that. But I think they've somehow resolved that. But, you know, it doesn't take long for, for those personality types to, to flare up. And then, mm-hmm. then there is that division and that disunity. And how, how do we help them? mend that mm-hmm. and continue to be in a healthy relationship yeah and one of the things speaking of that example was you know just learning to call out like they both had strengths mm-hmm. in their individual paths so how do we call out and champion that strength that hey james wants to be a protector he wants to defend he cares mm-hmm. about you know strongly what is right and wrong not that Alyssa doesn't, but she has more of a compassionate bent and mm. wants to, you know, go out and serve. And now she's actually pursuing nursing. Mm. So I think part of the way that we have learned over time to diffuse that type of conflict is is um, pointing out that it's not a right or wrong in that scenario. It's mm-hmm. how God has gifted them and how do we help, um, you know, them work through their differences. So. Mm. I love that. I think you guys, that is such a powerful example because, I mean, you gave us the example of siblings kind of working through that and you as mom and dad kind of nudging them in the right direction to bring reconciliation and to also appreciate the differences. And boy, in our culture right now, <laughs> we need that word yeah, <laughs> uh, because mm-hmm. we don't do a whole lot of appreciating the differences of somebody who sees something differently than we do or who maybe is just not even thinking along the same lines that we are. So I think that's a really um, instructive example you gave us. And I'm sitting here even as a mom thinking, boy, I need to help my kids do that more often. Mm-hmm. Look for the good in the other person instead of always pitting, you know, one of you is right and one of you is wrong in the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. I also love how um, in your home, you know, I think a, a good practice that you've employed um, is to understand someone before trying to be understood. Mm-hmm. And so having those siblings go, we understand where they're coming from first before you make a judgment call hmm. on going, well, this is yeah. what this is what they're doing. And so I, I think that's I think that's healthy. I think that's mm-hmm. being proactive in uh, establishing and trying to reestablish uh, harmony and peace in your home by getting them to see it from a different perspective and understand where that person, that sibling, that brother, that sister, is coming from in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how about, um, is there a biblical story or example that came to mind when you're kind of thinking of this um, that maybe you, you wanted to talk about a little bit as well? Yeah, and actually Travis gave some examples that I kind of piggybacked off. I was, the one that I've appreciated um, is, is Jacob and Esau. 
Hmm. So you, you see these two brothers, and uh, you get into it in Genesis chapter 25, and these are very different personalities, right? One is kind of the outdoor huntsman guy. The other guy, Jacob, um, we don't really know what else he did. I don't know if he was like a musician <laughs> or what. He hung out at home, apparently. And um, But what I find fascinating is that really the parents enabled that, that dysfunction in their, yes. in their relationship mm-hmm. because you see the mom taking Jacob's side and yes. trying to deceive her own husband. Mm-hmm. And you see the dad kind of taking Esau's side because he liked the outdoorsy stuff, the game and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really it, start, it started off track from the beginning because yeah. mom and dad weren't on the same page and actually created a culture in which uh, made it worse for them. Now, fortunately, uh, in the end, that those two brothers are reconciled, and that's a really, really powerful story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like that example because it really keeps the parents accountable for how they uh, create an environment for siblings to to get along with each other. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and I, I just think it's a good reminder that as parents, you know, we set the tone for our family. Yeah, and it really, yeah. you know, it really starts with us modeling and yes. living out unity which again it's we're not perfect and it's not necessarily easy mm-hmm. but um that that has a huge impact because they watch us our kids watch mm-hmm. how we deal with conflict mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i think uh, coming from it from a sports perspective as a coach you know you try to set the tone from the very beginning of the season like guys here's the expectations here's what we're going to set forth in practices this is going to be the tone this is how we're going to approach uh, our time together, whether it be at practice or it be a, at a game. And so that that environment, that culture that's created bleeds its way through the rest of the season. And I think as parents in the home, I, I, I could just totally concur and agree 100% that the parents really set the pace, set the tone and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the atmosphere that, uh, that happens inside the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also always appreciate when we can look to scripture not just to see the standard, but to, to see some real life examples of how people got it right and how people got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, how gracious mm-hmm. of God to let us kind of look in at the disunity that was happening there in that family because it does instruct us in our own families. It does. Absolutely. And I think yeah. um, not only in our families, but as we see in this world, it's so easy to be impacted by the the negative things coming into our homes through the various devices uh, of media. Um, we, we find ourselves in a very divisive and contentious world. And as Christians, it's kind of like, well, how do we continue to maintain unity in the home and maybe even creatively keep that unity uh, and light of the pressure to conform to this world, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is so easy to find ourselves becoming divisive and adopting into our home and into the church that which we see happening in the world. Um, so I think for you guys, a great question. Um, how do we keep maintain unity in the home in light of what's happening in, in our world? Yeah, in some ways, it's one of those where it's easier to say than it is to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, like in sports, oftentimes you just, you never need to outgrow the fundamentals. And mm-hmm. the, the tricky part with that, mm-hmm. the hard part is living out the fundamentals of our faith almost always requires death to self and sacrifice mm-hmm. and selflessness, mm-hmm. which is hard. And so I was thinking about from a kind of biblical perspective, uh, Philippians chapter two, verse three, 
Uh, it says, do, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility mm-hmm. count others more significant than yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as an adult and as a pastor, you know, that in one sense is logical and easier to walk out with colleagues and church mates and people in the stores. But I think, oh my goodness, do we, does our family treat each other like that in the home? Mm-hmm. And at one level, maybe we take each other for granted. Another level, maybe we, we don't show each other the honor that we deserve because we're so familiar with ourselves. But goodness, if we didn't do anything out of selfish ambition or pride, but in humility, <laughs> consider the other person more important, whether that's um, who does the dishes or what TV show we get to watch or mm-hmm. whose turn it is to do the laundry or who needs to go to the store to get the milk. I mean, it would radically transform yeah. Uh, yeah. our relationships. So that stood out to me. And uh, and then a little bit later, chapter four, Philippians verse five, one of my favorites, I think Pastor Troy referenced just a little while ago, hmm. um, let your reasonableness be mm-hmm. made known to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, we don't have to compromise the truth. We don't have to hold back from what we believe, but I think we can do that and be reasonable. Yeah. And I think that that really um, can make a difference in our culture where everything is so polarized yeah. that we can have our convictions, but then also be a reasonable neighbor. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And I would just, you know, I would add that it, it's hard to be reasonable in the moment when we're really upset or angry at something that's going on. So I used to actually give myself sometimes mommy timeouts. because. <laughs> yes. Nothing ever goes well when we react in the moment out yes. of anger. And it's actually proven that in our brains, you know, the logical part of our brain shuts down when we react in the moment and kind of feed off of that negative emotion. Mm-hmm. So just learning to even take a deep breath, like yep. walk away for a few minutes and then come back and address it because that there's no good that can come when, when we react like that. Um, and I think, you know, just as we talked about earlier as parents, you know, we can model when, when we do blow up or when we do lose it, that we let our kids see us asking for forgiveness and making things right and modeling it because, you know, again, we are imperfect people and these mm-hmm. are the, the people that we live the closest with. They, they see everything. So stuff is going to come up, but I think it's also how we deal with it that can maintain and, um, you know, regain that unity when something does go awry. Um, but the other piece that, I, that I've been trying to do more as well, I think it's easy to point out the shortcomings and the mistakes that we see in our kids and to focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. But if we can shift and, you know, find even one thing a day to say, man, you really did a great job with that mm-hmm. or, or call out their strengths more proactively. That, I think, fosters unity so that when we do need to address something and do discipline, it's coming from more of a place of, of security mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. And it's, I found that you don't always have those clashes if I'm always, you know, nagging or coming after my kids for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Those, um, yeah, they, there's lots of different other practical tips, but those are just a couple of the ones uh, that came to mind. Oh, thanks for sharing that. That's so helpful. And um, I think that's really, it's a, a blessing to me just to sit here and be reminded of even today, you know, the day's not over. There are still ways that I can um, 
do exactly what you just said, Christine, like call out the good that I see in my kids, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to harping on them continually (laughs) about all the things that maybe aren't so great. Um, because I do think, you know, the relationship piece is important. It's Mm -hmm. not just that we want a lack of fighting, but we want there to be, um, just what Jim said, like laying down our pride and our selfishness, uh, for the good of another, right? We want the relationship. Um, between yeah. siblings, between husband and wife, between parents and kids. Um, it's not that we just want to create the circumstance that in the moment is all working, right? But we want this lasting um, relationship that will grow and thrive. And mm-hmm. as we become more mature in Christ, hopefully each one of us, then that unity will also be continuing um, to grow and be stoked like a fire. Yeah. Um, which is what God intended for right. believers, for his church, yeah. that we would be unified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, other, one other quick thing that um, you just reminded me of, too, when we're talking about our kids is, you know, we do, uh, we, we mentioned earlier, one of our kids tends to be more strong-willed. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, sometimes it can be harder to find more positive. But uh, one analogy someone gave us once has stuck with me. So often as parents, if you think of a spoon and we're holding one end and we offer the other end of the spoon to the kid, there's only one way they can grab it Hmm. when we just give them, like, do this or else type of ultimatum. But he said, what if you turn the spoon sideways and offered it to them and they could grab it at the front or they could grab it at the back? (laughs) So it it caused me to shift my thinking where if I knew I was going to, you know, potentially have a head-on battle with this child, I thought, you know, I tried to, to rethink, how can I reframe what I'm asking so that they feel like they have a little bit of voice so that maybe there's options. Maybe it's not mom's way or the highway, you know, yes. one or the other, but it, there could be options. So I think that, you know, just involves a little bit of creativity mm-hmm. and also, um, you know, just asking God for wisdom. Yes. Because thankfully, he doesn't leave us on our own when it comes to parenting. He's mm-hmm. there to, uh, to help us as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really important piece is that we also can just ask him. We can ask him for mm-hmm. unity. We can ask him for insight. And like you just said, for wisdom into how to, to, to push these kids in the right direction and how to help them grow up in Christ. Um, and he is, those are the prayers, of course, he loves to answer, right? Like he's not going to turn that, turn us down in that. Um, he's always going to mm-hmm. equip us there. So thank you for that. I think you read my mail because I, we have a couple strong-willed ones and I have some things even today that maybe I could think about giving them a spoon sideways instead of ending this call, going upstairs and saying, here's your one option. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Sometimes it's the little things and it's, yeah, it clicks. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. it's such a challenge because I think we want, we want to try to teach our kids what it looks like to obey well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow as they grow up, it, 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 as they get a little older, obeying well doesn't necessarily mean you have to do this exactly the way I said to do it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, usually it has to do with, okay, you need to accomplish this. Or I need you to finish this by thus and such a time. And um, as a parent, you know, I'm either lazy, I just want it done now, or I'm not. <laughs> allowing them to kind of develop and it's just kind of you need to do what i say right now with a happy heart and (laughs) conjure um, that as our teenagers you know it worked okay when they were little but as teenagers 
um, it, it makes it a little bit more challenging. And that's usually not real world, right? When they're right. in college, when they're in a career, uh, they might need to make some really difficult decisions. And there's not always just a singular action that is obedient to God. Yes. So, I mean, we can't compromise our morals, but it's complex. It is. Mm-hmm. That's a good word toward the training that we're supposed to do as parents too, right? Like mm-hmm. I get, I find that it is really my laziness often that just says, do it like this and do it right now as opposed to teaching them to <laughs> look at the situation and to begin to think critically, like what could they do <laughs> to contribute? Mm-hmm. And it might be different right. than what I would do, um, but I don't always give them that freedom or even the opportunity to grow in that way. I just like to bark out the orders and say, here, let's get this done in five minutes, just do it my way. That's right. But really mm-hmm. I'm not training them or helping them for the day <laughs> when I'm not standing there to say, do it my way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm convicted as you guys were both uh, sharing from Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how often do I exasperate my children by basically mimicking their anger at me with anger right back at them? Right. And so then it just creates all the more divisiveness in our home mm-hmm. and disunity and disharmony in our relationships. And so I think bringing that, as you guys have mentioned, responding in grace instead of reacting in anger, which really I think is a work of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that because my natural fleshly response is to really just be angry at that child. And so I I think that's wonderful. Uh, You guys have put forth, I I think it's not only very instructive, but I think it's very timely Mm -hmm. in in light of what we see happening in our world. And uh, I think if we can maintain creatively unity in the home in obedience to the scriptures and in, in conviction of the Holy Spirit to do things different because uh, mm-hmm. we, we operate according to a whole different operating system through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. To be able to have that unity, it showcases to the world that we belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he prayed for in John 17, his high priestly prayer, that we may be one mm-hmm. as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are one. It puts mm-hmm. God on display when a home has unity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful blessing of, of maintaining that mm-hmm. in, in the creative ways that we uh, can do that in our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it helps. It gives us an eternal perspective, you know, when our focus is on Christ, that yeah. this world is not our home. And, you know, when we are inundated like we are now with conflict and, and all that's been going on this year, we can still point to Christ and yeah. and um, and reflect Him, and I think that that's hope filled to me. I'm, you know, I I think our families can, um, yeah, be those examples and be that light because mm-hmm. you know we don't need to live in that place of fear or mm-hmm. um, divisiveness. So yeah, yeah, I agree, um, and that God would use the family as a vehicle to drive the gospel mm-hmm. out yeah. into other people's lives by them seeing something different about the family. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you yeah. guys for sharing uh, again, yeah. some really good stuff enriching. And I pray that's a blessing to our listeners today. Uh, Jim, would you mind praying for everybody uh, as they will be listening to this podcast tomorrow? Yeah. Be happy to. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful that you are patient with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give us second chances. You, you don't shun us. Um, you ask us to ask for forgiveness and to repent and you restore even our relationship with you as we fall short. Help us to be that kind of a parent. Give us the mind to 
to, to put others first, to lean into your grace, to have the wisdom to bite our tongue from time to time. And Lord, help us to, to raise a generation or multiple generations of children that go on to serve you and to glorify you, Lord. Help us yes. help us to have what we need. We know it's available with you. Thank you for all you do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Ericsons, for joining us today. Yeah, it was awesome. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. Thank oh, you. we loved it. Glad it worked out. We want to say thank you to all of our listeners, and we hope that you find some encouragement today and that you know that we are with you and for you, and most importantly, that God is for you and for your family. So will you join us next time on the Family Huddle Podcast? We'll see you then. And we are wrapping up another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. Um, As always, we really appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with us. We know the holidays are sneaking up and everybody's lives and schedules are a little bit busier and more full. And so it's not a light thing that you would take a little bit of your time um, and spend it uh, with us and with the Ericsons today. Hopefully you were able to glean and learn um, and maybe tuck some things away, some stuff to then chat with your kiddos or your spouse with later as you think through this whole idea of unity and not just unity outside the home, um, at work or at church, but what community look like in your home with your spouse, with your children. Um, and then even as Jim mentioned to be a reasonable uh, neighbor, to be kind and gracious to the people on your block as well as in your home. So as always, we'd love to hear from you how this landed. Um, We hope you'd take the time to share it, um, to leave a review, comment, um, like our posts. All of that good stuff helps us again as we just continue to build out content and hopefully an audience. Um, And the goal is that you are uh, blessed and encouraged with the various things that we have going on over at our podcast. So it is noted and appreciated that you take the time to listen, as we've said. And so thanks so much, and we will see you soon.